This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. When you shop at a Walmart Vision Center, you get it. You know that you'll spend a little less on stylish glasses for the whole family. Welcome to the Vision Center. Let me know if you need help finding the perfect frames. Hey, Mom, you were right. These glasses are cool. Hon, they take our insurance. That means Papa's getting a new pair, too. Whoa, glasses start at just $39. Next up, groceries. So you can get a little more of what you need. Find a vision center near you. Save money, live better. Walmart. A big shout to Gymshark, who are our sponsors for tonight's show. Gymshark were actually formed in a garage back in 2012 and have since emerged as a leading brand in the fitness industry with a worldwide clientele of over 15 million people in over 150 countries. They work with multiple creators and athletes such as Ross Edgley, Ryan Garcia, Katie Taylor, Whitney Simmons, Matt Does Fitness and Obi Vincent to name a few. Their website is www.gymshark.com forward slash the West Ham way and there you will find a range of top quality clothing for your sports and fitness needs. I've been having a crack at some running recently and these guys have provided me with a really comfortable tracksuit that looks good and feels good. But with over a thousand products, whatever your needs are, they will be catered for by Gymshark with quality and comfort guaranteed. I'll give you that website again go and check these guys out www.gymshark forward slash the west ham way you listen to the west ham way podcast with dave and x oi oi Good evening and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself Dave Walker and serial YTK blogger XWHU employee. This week we say bonjour to Julian Faubert and talk about his eventful career to include choosing West Ham over Rangers, playoff euphoria, his dislike for Avram Grant and falling asleep on the bench at Real Madrid. X also gives us exclusive news and views before ending the show previewing our games against Wolves and Tottenham. That's all coming up on tonight's show. You joined West Ham back in 2007 for just over £6 million, but it was reported at the time that you were very close to joining Rangers. Was that true? And if so, how did you end up playing for West Ham? 
uh, it is true. And uh, and for me, it was like um, when when uh, when I was in this situation, nothing came from England because my my dream is it was was to play for was to play in England in Premier League. And uh, at this time, we was nearly like I was nearly ready to sign. And uh, and my um, my agent received uh, received a call from West Ham uh, with their interest and everything. So. Straight away told me, and at this time when he told me, my head was in West Ham already. So I said to him, "I don't care. You try try to find a solution, but I want to go. I want to go to. I want to go to play for West Ham." So at this time was uh, my decision was easy and quick, and uh, and for me, I, uh, even 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 now after a few few years, uh, I have no no regrets. No regrets. Yeah, and, and was your main decision to go to the Premier League, or did you know a lot about West Ham before you joined? I at this time, after when we travelled to Campbell and meet uh, the the people from West Ham, uh, mm. I asked question. I asked question to my agent. He was like, uh, he know, he knew, he know the Premier League very well, and he told me the history of West Ham. Uh, but what give me? Um, the joy and everything was the fans because he told me about the fans and I start football when I was young and I play football for atmosphere for leaving some you know of my skin when I play and uh, when he told mm-hmm. me Junior, you you I'm, I'm sure you're gonna have goosebumps in uh, in Upton Park and uh, and he, he was right to be honest and uh, yeah my main decision was really about the fans the history of the club and um, and um, how do you say the um, you know the the Western fans was uh, always honest, right, and uh, what you if you give the best on the pitch, and that was my mentality, and still my mentality. So yeah, my decision was straight away. Okay, that's that's my club, and I want to play there. How important was Alan Kerbishley to the decision? Um, was he was the main the main guy because at this time he wants me a lot. Uh, I think he saw me when I was playing under 21 against England in uh, in Tottenham, and uh, and at this time I didn't even discuss with him. But the the guy who, who came from from West Ham said to me, "Yeah, the the, the manager wants you. Uh, you're gonna be like he, you you are the target man." And uh, and yeah, for me the, to have this feeling like. You come in the club, the club make the effort, like financially, uh, for you to come. And you have the manager as well, uh, want you. I think it's the best feeling as, as ever. So at this time, yeah, my, my choice was easy as well in this point because um, because when I say yeah, every everybody wants me, and uh, and it was it was easy to to choose. Yeah, I can imagine that was a good feeling. But equally, something that wasn't a good feeling was when only 16 days later you ruptured your Achilles in a friendly and you were out injured for six months. How did that affect you psychologically? I, I can imagine that must have been a difficult time for you, Julian. It was the... I can I can say now it was the hardest time in my career because uh, I, had ma- I had many injuries before. I was out six months, seven months for my size. But this one, like the... Globally, was was the hardest one because imagine you like the club pay you a great amount of money, um, 
you want to start in Premier League, it was your dream, you want to play, and uh, and you have this kind of injury. So mentally, it was really hard because I mean, like I had the feeling I I give up, not give up like mentally, but my body give up, and the club I make the club in a like strange strange uh, position. The manager as well in a bad position and. Uh, and I felt really, really bad. And um, even during my uh, my rehabilitation and everything, I felt, uh, yeah, I want to, I want to come back as quick as possible. So mm. I worked really hard. But at this time, I want to say something. At this time, club, the manager um, was for me was for me unbelievable because uh, I never felt the pressure for me to come back. Um, they cover everything. When they ask me if you if I want to do my surgery in France, they ask me if I want to do my rehabilitation in France. Uh, they they was behind me for this, and uh, and I always have some news from the club, um, from great message from the fans as well. For mm. me, it's really rare. It, like it, with my with my experience now, it's really rare in football to feel this because always when you when you have injuries, sometimes you feel the pressure. I never felt the pressure, so I. Had, I had the, the time to recover properly, and uh, even when I came with my with my Achilles broke broke when I came to the to the stadium to to like saw some games. I always felt welcome from the people from the stadium from everybody, and uh, and I want to say today I say already before, but I want to say again today thanks to the club and thanks to the fans because uh, when don't feel good mentally. To, to 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 leave this and come back uh, in this in this kind of situation. Yeah, well said, mate. It's so important to have that level of support, isn't it, on a personal and professional level. So I'm pleased that you felt West Ham gave that to you because it's it's quite rare to hear that that um, <laughs> there's some credibility thrown towards the club. So that's nice. <laughs> it is really nice to hear, actually. And um, you you eventually made your debut against Fulham um, in January 2008. How happy and relieved were you to finally get on? I think you only came on for one minute, but I bet it was good to good to be on the pitch at last. Yeah, of course. It was uh, it was the best feeling I ever had because um, I was waiting so long to come back and play. And even if it was one minute, it's uh, it's, it's it's a great feeling. Um, I was many. I had many many questions in my head, like if I want to, if I was really fit, if I was. But at this time, when uh, when I came on and I felt like okay, now it's my time. I'm gonna start in Premier League and. I have to do what I have to do, and uh, but yeah, the feeling was was incredible, and uh, and uh, I knew at this time like my season was nearly over, but um, but yeah, I, it was a, it was a feeling uh, like unbelievable feeling. That season, though, uh, Julian, you made only eight games uh, for West Ham mm-hmm. because of injury again. I mean, again, how disappointing was that for you after overcoming those six months out with the Achilles snap? At this time, when I came back and when I came back from my Achilles, I knew like the season was nearly over for me because, you know, it's quite difficult when you come back from this kind of injury to to have the fitness level to play, especially in Premier League. So at this time, I just felt like, okay, I have to do some some quick uh, quick games to 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 see how I how I felt and uh, to see how I. Can. Like what I what I have to improve for the next season for in the preseason to do a good preseason 
but um, but as I said, he, it was a it was a feeling for me to 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 try now. Okay, and in my head was like, okay, and I I have to give back what uh, what the club and the fan the fans gave me. So um, at this time, I was um, I was nearly be, I, I, I waiting. I was I, I mean I was waiting for the for this next season and uh, and play as much as I can. And and then obviously the next season, Alan, Alan Kerbishy actually left the club, and um, Gianfranco Zola came in as manager. Um, how did you feel about Kerbishy leaving, and, and what was Zola like as a manager? Um, first of all, when when Alan left, it was a little bit uh, heartbroken for me because uh, he was a guy who who, who make me come, who make me came to to West Ham, uh, who gave me the the confidence. And uh, and I didn't have uh, didn't had the, the opportunity to help him uh, to make a, to make a, a better a better season. So I felt a little bit disappointed um, about this. But when uh, when Gianfranco Zola came, um, you know it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a legend. So mm. he came he came with a good 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 assistant coach uh, Steve Clark. Um, Mm. Like with him, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about the Premier League, about the what I have to improve to be better. And um, but as a coach, um, he was close to us. Um, he had the the the, the soul, like the, the still a football player soul. So he play he played with us many times in training ground, uh, during the training as well. And um, he was he was a nice coach. He was a really nice coach. And uh, have the I think the both make the good balance. Because um, because Steve Clark was a little bit tough and he know what he wants, he knew what he wants, and um, and it, it, it was great. It was great to work with them because uh, I learned a lot as well about uh, about the Premier League. Mm. Mm. Well, you played about twenty times for us that year, and then forgive me for saying this, Julian, the fans were quite shocked to see that you then went to Real Madrid in January of 2009. I mean, how did that happen? And with respect, was you as shocked as the fans were to get that goal? Um, yeah. Even me at this time, I was a little bit like surprised about this. But, you know, they followed me since many years. And... Uh, and at this time, I was the second choice after after Valencia went to Manchester United. He was in in Wigan, but um, it was it was quite quick because it was after a game uh, we played and uh, received a phone call and uh, and it was the end of the transfer market. So everything went like really quick. And uh, and I think when you are a football player, uh, you can't refuse to go in Madrid. It's like <laughs> it's like yeah. a dream of. of, mm -hmm. of and uh, and after that we, I came back. But um, I know about the fans, about even the French, everybody. It was quite uh, surprising, but um, but it's, it was something to live. And I did, and uh, I came back. I think better, and uh, and I think my season after was uh, was better than all my season. I mean, what what was it like to play for Real Madrid? I mean, it's such a huge club, you know, probably the biggest club in world football, really. Um, and, uh, you know, what's it like to be a player for them and just experience that life, even if it was for half a season? It just must have been so incredible. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's because you, you like, you players who, win, who won the Champions League, who won the, 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 the World Cup, and, uh, and you realise that you are in... Uh, 
top 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 of the of the football in uh, in the world and uh, yeah he, he with barcelona for me is the both are the biggest club in the world mm. and uh, and when you are in this kind of condition of work and uh, and everything around uh you 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 have no choice to be better and uh, but the feeling was like you know I, I realized uh, when you know when i when i was kids when i was uh, a young and, and a kid i had the plan my plan was to go in uh, in academy then to play in the in france to play in premier league and then to play in the biggest club in the world and i did it so mm-hmm. for me i just uh, i was just happy and uh, and i learned a lot from 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 the best player in the world yeah, yeah for, for sure for sure uh, i have to ask you about the time you fell asleep on the bench at real madrid <laughs> what what happened there julian because that was hilarious yeah it is but he it's not really, really the truth because you know, in uh, in this kind of club, you have to be careful about everything. Like, I mean, uh, I think you you know, like when the, the players talk on the pitch, they have the hands off front of the mouth, and uh, you have to be careful about everything. And at this time, um, the guy from the press, from Real Madrid, Real Madrid press, told me like after the um, this kind of uh, events, uh, told me like uh, you have to be careful because even on the bench, uh, you have camera and and uh, photographer who take picture and everything to to try to 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 have something to to talk on the on the on the pitch so so it was like uh, hilarious but i just closed my eyes well, like 10 15 seconds and they take picture at this time and said to me i was sleeping because they have nothing else to say really but, uh, but i wasn't i wasn't sleeping i was just like i closed my eyes like because i was pissed off i didn't play it. and uh, and they just take picture at this time and they make story. But I, I wasn't sleeping, to be honest. You can't sleep. You can't sleep when you're playing Real Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> you, probably, you probably do sleep when you play for West Ham. But West Ham, when you play for when you play when you play any any games in uh, in the top league, uh, who 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 can sleep? <laughs> I guess it depends if you've been out the night before, but yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so you returned to West Ham um, after your t- time at Real Madrid. What did Zola say to you when when you returned? Did he did he say right, you're back, you're at West Ham. This is what I want from you. I mean, what, what did he say when you came back? When I came back, uh, I had some uh, great jokes with my teammates <laughs> on the, <laughs> <in> the room. <laughs> And and then yeah, I I talked with uh, with John Zola and uh, and he was um, he was he was honest. He said to me, okay, I didn't play a lot before, but he said to me, Julian, you come back fresh, fresh mind. Uh, you had a, one of the biggest experience of your career. I hope it's gonna help you to be better on the pitch. And uh, I'm waiting from you like to show me what uh, what you learned over there and. Um, and and at this, at this time, I think this season I play most of all the games. And um, and he said to me most of the time, like, okay, it's a different Julian. It's the Julian I, I want to see. And uh, and he was right to be honest, because um, at this time I give, uh, I think I give uh, one of uh, the best season I had in in, uh, in West Ham. You mm. did. It was a good season, but it was also a season where you converted from a right winger to a right back. Uh, some some players wouldn't have been happy with that. How did you feel about that? I feel comfortable because it was already 
a case in Bordeaux because uh, I arrived in Bordeaux like uh, Ryan Mayfield. And uh, yeah. when we finish with the weekend manager, I play right back. So for me, it's the, I have no problem to play in, in, this, in, in those positions because it's, for me, it's the same work. Different one because uh, um, because you have to defend more when you are right back. But for me, it's the same. And uh, I have the the defender mentality as well because in academy I was a centre back, so I know how to defend. I know how to be aggressive. So it wasn't for me. It was a, it wasn't a choice. It was a, something normal for me. Like uh, he said to me, the coach, the manager said to me, okay, Julian. Okay, we're gonna try you right back. I said, fine. For me, it's the best. It's the same thing. If even if I, I was a right midfield, it's, a, it's the same position for me. Interesting. Mm. And and you you eventually got your first goal, and it was against Hull, and it was actually a great goal. Uh, you know, how did you feel to get your first goal, and did you really you know enjoy the enjoy the moment? I, I did. I did. I did in uh, more because we was at home. But uh, mm. to be honest, I don't know if you remember. I enjoyed more the pass I did. Yes, I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a great ball, yeah, yeah, yeah. This one was crazy, but the goal, the goal was the was the the, the consecration of of everything. The game was was good. Um, I, I made a great pass. I finished by a goal. It was it was a really good feeling, and especially in front of the fans uh, of our fans was uh, yeah was a great great great. Thing. Yeah, well, we stayed up that season, Julian. But Zola was set and replaced by Avram Grant. How did you feel about that? And also, you know, from a fan's perspective, Avram Grant wasn't very popular. Was he popular with the players? <laughs> with the players, I don't know. But with me, not at all. So, ah, okay. <laughs> yeah. can you tell us yeah. about that? Yeah, I can tell you like many things about you. I, I um, it was a difficult season uh, for me with him. Because uh, we didn't have any relationship. Uh, for me, I didn't learn anything about football or um, coaching or anything. Um, for me, he wasn't the right guy for this club. And uh, and at the end, uh, what I said now, he was right because we go down and uh, and uh, we had uh, many, oh, I can say, many uh, disagreements. Uh, especially when uh, I remember one story he told like I refused to play for the club it was totally 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 a lie and um, but yeah um, I have nothing good to say about him and uh, yeah I was designed like I start with the good um, you know I I came out from a good season with Zola um, yeah. I was yeah. I was I was expecting to 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 Keep going and go forward, but uh, but it wasn't in this uh, choice, and uh, we we talk and nothing good came came out, and, uh, and at this at this time, yeah, I knew like I'm gonna have a hard season, and it was right, and uh, and at the end uh, at the end uh, we put the club in uh, in championship, but because I think he put the club in championship about his choice, about its way how to manage the the team. Uh, we still had a good team at this time, and uh, we had our place totally our place in Premier League. But yeah, when you have a, you know, it's for everything. When you have a great army but a bad, a bad, uh, a bad commander, uh, some sometimes things wrong happen, and that's that's that was the case. 
Mm. I mean, it was so. It was the club was so disappointed with him that apparently, you know, when he was sacked, um, they wouldn't even let him get on the um, team coach on the way home. And I think it was like Scott Parker or someone that or, that said you should, um, you need to stay on with, and and come home with us. I mean, I bet you, you I bet you were one of the ones that didn't want him to get on the coach, right? <laughs> <laughs> He was he was this type of uh, of manager. I think he he made his um, his job not really by passion. See, I mean by by he wasn't like he didn't have the football in his heart. Uh, he's just do do this. I don't know why, but uh, you know when you play when you are the manager of the club, especially for West Ham, you know you have to be involved. Of the club, involved with the players, involved with the life of the club, and no, he did. Just, he said, "Okay, uh, tomorrow and after tomorrow, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be off, or I'm gonna not gonna be here." And I think you can't manage a team if you have this kind of attitude. So, so yeah, it was um, it was a difficult season for us, difficult season for the fans as well, because uh, I remember saw the fans crying and everything. So um, I'm happy about. Uh, about the season after because we, we did a great job and we came back straight away so I think it's the the thing we have to remember is this mm, yeah definitely um, I mean I remember when we interviewed Carlton Cole and um, he was telling us that um, Avram used to show you uh, videos of basketball matches and but <laughs> rather than football games which uh, was very very bizarre um, so I bet you were quite pleased when um, Sam Allardyce was appointed as manager um, so how did you take to him Sam uh for me, I, I heard many things about him, especially in England, and many, many stories, but my relationship with Sam was, wow, was, I, I, I really like him. I really like mm. him. He's, uh, he's, a, he's special uh, in different way, good way, bad ways, but with me, um, he was like a, like a father, like a guy who, with him, I can, and I think I saw, uh, at, I say I say this um, in French French news. Um, I, I think we go up because everybody could could uh, break our neck for him because he he he, he had the um, the way to talk to us and we to to give our best to to give the best of all the players and uh, and I, I had a great season enjoying season um, even the. The, the atmosphere in the changing room he was dancing with us he was laughing with us but he know how to be strong as well um, and the the great choice of the club is they took a guy who know the championship and really well and to he know how to go up he know how to improve the players and you know it was crazy but we made hours and hours videos about the team we're going to play about our games uh, the way our or we should play and uh, the bad things we done, the good things we done. And uh, we saw many, many statistics like, okay, this, okay, guys, in this kind of this, in, in this part of the season, we should have um, uh, amount of points, we should have amount of pass, running and everything. So it was really, really um, tactics and everything. And we learned a lot. And at the, at the end, uh, it was a good choice because we go up like, in, even if we play a uh, playoff final, but we go up, and uh, that's why that's why Sam was good. Yeah, absolutely. I I loved him. As to this day, I yeah. think he's done a fantastic job, Sam. And he's I'm not surprised to hear you say that because I think he's so personable and so likable. Yeah. 
Um, and exactly. yeah, his career speaks volumes, really. He's, uh, he's been very yeah. successful and good luck to him. I like him. Uh, we ended up having a great season, like you say, Julian. Um, for you, which players were pivotal in making that season so successful? Um, to be honest, I can't, can't really pick a player. I think it's just, uh, it's just the way we played. Uh, mm. We was a difficult team. We, we, we had a great balance. We had a strong defense, like really strong defense, really athletic defense. And, uh, and we have many players who can score. Uh, Carlton Cole, Ricardo Vaste. Um, we had a, a great midfielder. Uh, Mark, Mark Noble, uh, who, who, who know as well to play, to play hard, who know as well to play a great pass. So I think it, the balance of the team was really great and the atmosphere of the team was really great. I think we, with my experience now, always when I had a good uh, season with teams is because more, the, more to be teammates, we was friends. And at this time we was friends, we had a we had the life outside together, outside football, and um, and I think and Sam helped us as well for this. But uh, <laughs> we had a great we had great relationship together. And uh, when one was was in difficult time on the pitch, we can make sure the the the, the ten other player help him. And uh, that's why we we had a great season because of the atmosphere and the balance of the team was really great. Oh, yeah, brilliant, absolutely. and and it obviously the season finished with the playoff final, which was a a magical day for uh, yeah. West Ham and you know West Ham fans. You came on as a sub in the fifty seventh minute. Um, how special was it to be involved in such an important game? It's uh, yeah, as I said already in some interview, it was one of the best memory I had in football because everybody tried said to me, "Oh, Julian, pick something in your career," and. People say people who was waiting were well, Madrid, uh, French national team, and although most of the time I say playoff final in when in in uh, London Stadium because it was uh, even the scenario of the game uh, because to be honest when when they came back in one one we was a little bit shaking but the at the end and the the, the goal when we scored the the goal and we heard the fans and wow wow it was. Uh, as even when I talk now, I still have goosebumps because uh, it wasn't one of the best feeling I had in, in on the pitch. And uh, to be part of the uh, this kind of game, to be part of uh, of the West Ham family, because for the fans as well was uh, okay. We you was crying uh, the year before, but now mm -hmm. enjoy, drink, laugh because it was for them as well. Because people forget, and especially players forget. Uh, we was we are what we are because of the fans and no, nothing else. And uh, because if, if like now, uh, football was without fans and everything, football uh, don't have the same taste. And, uh, and well, yeah, uh, I'm still happy to, to remember this with my son because I show him the game many times. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I even show him, like they, they, they show on YouTube the, the Millwall game as well. And uh, yeah, that's mm. some memories I have. And uh, I will never forget, even uh, even when I'm going to be old. Yeah, it was a brilliant, brilliant day. I mean, I can still remember it, like you say, the goosebumps when um, Vaztay scored that goal and the noise and that feeling. It was just amazing. Like if I, like you, if I think about it now, it makes me feel like I have the go have goosebumps. So to have been a player in that, I just can only imagine what it must feel like. 
Yeah, yeah. it's really really nice words as well, Julian. It was mm-hmm. lovely listening to you like that, and uh, it's nice to know that. It, it, it seems very clear to me that not only moments like that, but West Ham as a club is a club that you've kept in your heart, which is really nice. Totally, because, um, you know, I, with the experience I said, uh, I know the football. And uh, especially in my country, uh, in France, uh, people forget and forget really quick. And uh, I came back for the, the anniversary of the birthday of my son uh, when he turn 11 so in the Olympic Stadium but I arrived around the Olympic Stadium and my son had said to me something who touched me he said oh Dave, dad I think you never left the club because mm-hmm. when the fans saw me and to me and and was like like really welcome uh, it was a, a crazy feeling and I remember something uh, of my life who was a hard time when I lost my mom and uh, and uh, I was on the pitch uh, the the weekend the next weekend and the fans knew that and I um, had a like really hot welcome really warm welcome um, I never forget that because uh, they they give me back uh, what I what I gave to the club and uh, and yeah for me West Ham will be will be always in my heart I always follow the club always try to to talk with some fans on on the social media because uh, because yeah I had the, the best if, what I said I have the best five years in my career to be honest and uh, if both was, was was something special for me because I start my career over there West Ham will be always special always that's that's really nice to hear when you ended up leaving the club Julian mm-hmm. um, your contract was up did you have the chance to stay at West Ham was that negotiable or, or was that decision taken out of your hands. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I have the I have the the the, the choice to to stay in West Ham three more years. But at this time, you know, um, I was um, I was a little bit I don't know maybe stupid or something like. Is you know I always manage my life without regrets. And uh, but what I can say, I'm gonna be honest, and because maybe I'm a little bit more older, uh, these regrets will be always in my head because I should accept. Even if the, the the term of the contract will be uh, like was was different, but I should accept because I felt home, I felt uh, comfortable in the in the club. Uh, I felt yeah, the club was part of my family because my my son came to the to the stadium. Uh, every, the, the security guy know my son. Everybody know my family. So yeah, the only regrets I have in my career is maybe I should accept the the contract. But you know. It's football, it's life, uh, was something different. But yeah, the club offered me three more years. Uh, Sam offered me as well three more years. Uh, he wanted to, to still working with me, but I had something different in my head. And uh, but you know, never too, never too bad to to accept the regrets. And yeah, it would be a, a big regrets for me. Uh, I should accept the, the contract, but it's life. Yeah, I mean, you you ended up going to Turkey, and then you ended up um, back at Bordeaux, um, one of your first clubs. Were, were you were you pleased to be back at Bordeaux at least uh, towards the end of your career? Yeah, yeah, Bordeaux is like uh, for me. I can compare Bordeaux to West Ham uh, because over there I grew up. Well, if I can say I grew up over there, um, mm. I know uh, the kid man who was the same kid man I had when I was young. Um, the, the, the cooker, I know everybody. And uh, I was really close because I, I gave always respect to those kind of people because 
clubs can't work if you can't if you don't have these kind of people. So yeah, I came back in Bordeaux like it's my home. You know, I like I never left, and uh, and yeah, it was a great feeling to come back. But uh, but to come back in the French league was difficult for me because uh, because it, it's a different feeling, it's different atmosphere, it's a different league. Uh, I had many yellow cards because uh, in France we are likely uh, if you touch a player, it's, uh, it's uh, the end of the world and everything. So <laughs> yeah, it was kind of and uh, and yeah and uh, and yeah, I missed even if I was in Bordeaux at home, I missed uh, I missed England because uh, the, the the Boxing Day, the atmosphere before the game, the atmosphere after the game, um, yeah. For me, even now, people ask me, "Oh, did you watch?" Uh, French league? Did you watch? No, no, no. I, I don't even know uh, the name of kind of some players because I don't watch. I don't watch the league excepting Premier League because for me it's uh, it's not exciting. It's nothing special. Um, even Liga can be exciting for me, no. But Premier League, it's will stay always for me the best league in the world. Wow. Well, yeah, I, I agree. I totally agree. Uh, you're still yeah. playing in France, aren't you, Julian? Well, what are your plans for the future? Uh, do, do you see a career in football after football? Yeah, yeah. I, I, now I'm gonna make a little bit something. I'm I end my I make a end of my career six months ago, so I'm not playing anymore. Uh, ah, I'm, okay. I am yeah. I'm the part of uh, of the staff of uh, of the club here. Um, I'm study. I'm studying as well. I'm for my bank, so I'm gonna be. I want to be manager. To be honest, I want to be coach. And uh, I did um, my first badges last season. Now I'm gonna be the biggest one. One of one of the biggest ones. So yeah, I have. Uh, I want to give back what I learned in football, uh, my experience and everything. So yeah, I'm gonna be like you know, like Carlton, like uh, Jack Collison, like uh, Zavon as well. Heinz. I wanna be part of uh, of the football life. So um, yeah, I'm starting coaching and uh, and I really like it. Are you still in touch with any of the players now? Any of the West Ham players? Yeah, but the people uh, I just I just named like uh, yeah. Carlton. I'm really, I'm really close to Carlton. Mm. I'm really close to Zavon. Really close to. Jack Collison as well, um, mm. uh, Reed as well. Oh um, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, some people I I play with them and they're really nice people. So yeah, uh, I'm 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 close as well to from like Dino Dean Ashton. Um, oh yeah, uh, Lucas Neal. You know people I always loved and uh, people because um, when I arrived from France with my school English. Um, this kind of those people helped me a lot in the club. Helped me a lot with to 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 feel good. Helped me a lot to to have a great life in England. And uh, and yeah, we still we still have we still in touch. We're still talking. We're still talking about many things about football. I ask Alton how how he is as a coach and everything. So yeah, we still have we have great 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 contacts. So Brilliant. so did you did you teach the boys any French, Julian? That's the question. <laughs> um, like the guy, no, 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 no. I think they, they, they no. We we still talking in English. Uh, even my kids, uh, my my older one uh, don't want to talk in. We are in France, but you don't want to talk French. Um, well, yeah. My 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 older one is the proper. Uh, he had a proper Cockney accent and everything. So yes, yeah, it's, it's quite difficult because. Uh, 
for him, he had a great time as well in England. Uh, my little one was born in London. So, yeah, we, st we still have a, how do you say, we have a French passport, but I think we had a, now the English blood, so it's quite difficult. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we, we really love this country. We love the people as well, like really open mind people. Uh, you can, I think you know French people is not the case. But, uh, <laughs> but you yeah. said it. Yeah. <laughs> I can like, I have a fresh passport, so uh, they, can't, they, can't, they can't kick me out from, from the country. But, yeah. uh, we, we, we still have uh, something for the for, for England. I don't know what and why, but yeah, we still have something for, for your country. Don't worry. Uh, that's brilliant. So, are your sons footballers, Julian? Are they going to be the next full bear to be a professional footballer? Yeah, my hold the one, my hold the one. I think gonna gonna join uh, OJC Nice. It's a it's a it's a one of of the pro, like Premier League French club, yeah. and uh, he's gonna join me normally the next season. Uh, to be honest, he's better than me. He's left-footed. It's uh, I think he's gonna be good. He's already mm. tall like me at 14, mm. so I think it's bad. Mm. And uh, yeah, he's, a, he's a good player. He made uh, two years in Barcelona, and now he's gonna normally join the academy. And uh, I don't push him because uh, I'm not like this. But if he needs some help, I'm gonna be here. Excellent, superb, mate, superb. Julian, it's been lovely talking to you, mate. Thank you so much for coming on, and we sincerely you. wish you the very best of luck for the future, pal. Thank you very much. Thanks to the fans as well. Thank you, guys. Okay, mate, what have you got for us this week? So, obviously, the football's back today. Um, we've seen how both Man City and um, Aston Villa are dealing with, like they're, you know, how they're filling in an empty stadium, basically. Um, and West Ham uh, asked for fans to send in photos of themselves uh, a couple of days ago. Um, they, they have been put into a mosaic, which will be in the Billy Bond stand. Um, and I believe it will be like a like a West, obviously a West Ham related to probably crossed irons um and it'll be uh yeah but it'll be in a Billy Bond stand and you'll be able to see it there they were talking about having fans um faces on the screens and stuff um on the um as they're watching the game but but you can't control what the fans are doing obviously the way West Ham fans were before uh, lockdown. Um, you know, God knows what could appear on there about um, about the chairman, possibly. And uh, I think there might be a few dildos that might pop on. To be fair, so I don't think they'll be able to go. I don't think they'll be able to go ahead with that. Um, obviously, in terms of the match, our first games against Wolves on Saturday at half five. Um, I believe that Ogbonna is a major injury doubt for that game, um, which gives us a bit of a dilemma because. Um, obviously, centre-back, uh, we're not blessed with options. you got Diop, obviously, who I think will play. you got Balboeda, who I don't think Moyes rates. Um, and then, that's pretty much it, really. Um, you can play Suchek there. You could play Rice there. And I actually think that will be the option he goes with now. The reason I say that is because <clears throat> in the training games, he has featured there. You only have to look at the photos on... Um, 
on uh, Twitter just to see that most action shots, he's in front of the goalkeeper or he's marking the striker. So he has had a bit of time there. So I think the options will be between Balbuena and Rice, but I suspect he, he will go with Rice at centre-back, which will be interesting for the time being whilst Ogbonna's out. Um, I think Cresswell, who was a doubt, um, should be fit. And other than Ogbonna, I don't think there is any real injury doubts. There's a few niggling things for a couple of players, but um, Ogbonna's the main the main one um, that we have to worry about. Uh, in terms of the new kit, people have asked me about this. There was meant to be a kit um, uh, sort of promo last week's, but um, it got cancelled. Um, I won't say why, because I've been asked not to, but it's a, a typical, could only happen at West Ham story, um, which is that's quite amusing, <laughs> but, um, but I won't say why, because I have been asked not to, um, but it, like I say, it is classic thing that only really would happen to us, um, but I do believe, obviously, in the next few days, um, the kit, well, the kit's already been designed, uh, um, but the sort of promo will re- will retake because um it happened it was meant to happen before um and uh i have been told about the kits um as i've said before on this show they are very um similar to previous ones uh like to celebrate our anniversary as such um so um i talk about them on another show perhaps um in gakia i mean we've covered this many a time uh the club and him and no closer to signing a new deal um they're still slight hope that he might sign in time. I think there's a chance he could actually feature against Wolves and Spurs. I don't think he'll start, but I think with the fact that you can have extra subs now, I think he'll at least be on the bench. Um, So it'll be interesting to see because obviously Fredericks was out for a long period before lockdown. Um, He's fit now, but was out for a long time, as was Ben Johnson, Zabaleta, you know, coming to the very end of his career. So I do think even if Jeremy's only there two more games, he might feature. Now the club have said that he's, he's, uh, his agent hasn't given him a definitive, um, like I want this and I will sign, which has led to speculation that other clubs have already expressed interest. I've mentioned them on the show before. The latest one is um, Norwich who uh, apparently going to be looking for a right back, although they do have, um, Sam Byron there, if you remember him. Uh, but they, um, they, so there's a number of clubs. Palace, Spurs have been linked. I think Arsenal have been linked now as well. Um, so Watford is another one. Obviously, they took Dominguez Quinner off us as well, um, and they have they have links there. Hayden Mullins um, is the youth. Uh, manager from memory, so I think mm-hmm. I think uh, they've got links there. Uh, the game um, of the games that are are going to be moved for Sky. Obviously, we know the next coming ones. Um, I, I believe that. Um, I've heard um, that the Newcastle game will be at 2pm on a Sunday on Sky, which will probably mean that the Burnley game will be on a Wednesday. Um, but I will. I will tweet more info when I've got final news on that because the fixtures were meant to come out a couple of days ago, but there's been a couple of things that have changed because obviously with the current load of fixtures, there's so many that are on TV that they've got to get so many things right. Um, that a few things that were scheduled scheduled have have changed. Um, yeah, and I think I think that's about it, really, mate. Um, for for concrete news, in terms of transfers, apart from you know, out of contract players, um, we don't know what league we're going to be in, so nothing's really concrete at this point. A few academy players that we're trying to get signed on longer deals, um, but yeah, that's about it, really. I think. 
With the football back, what better way to enjoy West Ham's return than with some delicious beers from all over the globe. As we can't enjoy a pint at the ground or in the boozer, Beer 52 will bring the beer to you. They're offering a free case of eight craft beers sourced and curated from the best breweries on the planet. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash west and cover the £5.95 postage. Each case is delivered direct to your doorstep so no need to leave the house. If you're looking to stock up, now's your chance. Beer 52 is the world's most popular craft beer discovery club with over 150,000 members that they send a brand new case to every month. Each month's case has a different theme. Past themes have included beer from New Zealand, South Africa, Korea and all over USA and Europe. As an independent British company, Beer 52 are passionate about the UK craft beer scene and they continue to support it during this difficult period. If dark beer is not your thing, you can simply choose the light option and your case will come with the award-winning beer magazine Ferment and a tasty snack. Don't worry, if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash west to get your first case of eight beers for just £5.95. That's www.beer52.com forward slash west. X, this time next week, we'll be talking about two games that we would have played. Firstly, Wolves on Saturday, then on to Tottenham on Tuesday. How do you see us getting on in both of those games? I just think it's so hard to predict at the moment, mate, to be honest with you, because you just don't know how the players have responded during lockdown. I mean, obviously, if you was to take friendly games into consideration, we beat QPR 4-1. Now we beat Crystal Palace. I did say I announced that we were playing those teams on the show not long ago. And if you told me we were going to win both of them at that point, you know, I would have been surprised. Um especially obviously Crystal Palace because I think I would have expected us to draw that so maybe you could you could use that as maybe an indication um, I think we've played well in those games so on that maybe we will do well but I just think it's so hard to call because I think there's so many factors I think you know, like I said the fitness of the players I think the fitness of the Wolves or the Spurs players I think the desire how certain players respond in front of empty stadiums um, it's just really difficult yeah, it is. And you're quite right. There are so many factors and this is the problem. Uh, one of which is obviously there isn't going to be any crowds. And we've experienced that for the first time tonight with the uh, live Sky Sports game and playing. It is weird, I have to say. It's very strange. But talking of weird, you know, we have to touch on the um, incident that happened at Villa Park with Sheffield United. I mean, you know, and everyone that listens to this show knows I'm not a fan of this fucking technology whatsoever. And we've just seen another prime example of it. And we were talking off air and it was actually you that said to me, can you imagine if Aston Villa now, you know, stay up and we go down by a point or Sheffield United don't qualify for the Champions League by a point? And it's it's just it's just a shower of shit, mate, isn't it? I mean, what a stupid, stupid reason to disallow such an obvious goal. I know. I mean, the thing is, like, like I said to you off air, apparently it came up on his watch at halftime that it was a goal. Now, obviously, something's massively gone wrong with the technology. Now, I tweeted like what we said. You know, imagine the consequence of this. Imagine if a Villa do stay up by a point or something. Like, yeah. and people were, you know, most people would kind of agree with what I'm saying. Obviously, you get the as as is always the way on Twitter. You get the odd sarcastic comment. Someone trying to 
prove some stupid point that's irrelevant, but majority of people were like, yeah, it could have like a massive, massive consequence, and it could. And I think the thing, the difference is here, like with a ref mistake or even like a VAR mistake, it is a mistake because of the the human. The human makes the judgment that on the technology provided that they that it's the wrong thing but here the technology has actually failed or it hasn't been turned on or whatever the actual technological reason was and for me that that opens up a massive can of worms because you know technically technically and i think you'd obviously have to be very very bold to do this but technically now a club could turn off its um, goal line technology. I, d- I don't know who provides it. I don't know if it's a mistake of the Premier League or a mistake of the mistake of the home team or a mistake of the refs or whoever. I don't actually know whose fault it is. But let's just say it's a mistake of the home team. Well, then technically a team could choose not to put it on and say, "Oh no, there's something wrong with the signal again." You know, there's te- you could almost say it's match fixing. And I know mm. that's extreme, and I'm obviously taking it to the extreme level, but it's very, very dodgy. You know, we've already got the potential that clubs are going to say, without home fans, you've taken away home advantage, which has meant this season isn't fair. So to now have a situation where a game has, you know, been affected by a goal that should have existed because the technology wasn't working properly. I mean, the, the ref's been terrible. Now, the ref should have called it back and realised and gone to VAR. But whatever whatever the reason is, it, it's a really dodgy ground now. Yeah, it is. It is. I absolutely hate it. I cannot stand it. It's another reminder of how far football's come in a negative way, in my opinion. Going back to West Ham, you can only hope that things like that don't happen to us. But, you know, we've got Wolves first and foremost. So if we tackle each fixer as they come, you know, we... we <sighs> We've got two tough games starting now. I mean, Wolves, albeit at home, which, you know, home or away, is it an advantage or a disadvantage these days with this lockdown situation? I don't know. But Wolves are a very good counter-attacking team. Their manager obviously has them playing to their full potential week in, week out because they, they look like they give a shit. They're always working hard for each other. They're well organised. They, they they play with such pace and that worries me in this game, especially if you're starting Aaron Creswell on the left and he's coming up against someone like Triore. Now, if I'm Wolves manager, I'm saying get that ball into Triore as much as you possibly can and then just try and roast their left back because he ain't going to be out of copia. And I think that's that's a real worry for me. And I think that could be a real Achilles heel. For that reason, I'd be half tempted, if I'm honest, to start Mezuaku, even though he isn't a defender. Because I think pace is going to be that much of a killer on Saturday. Mm, I agree with you. And I think when we played um, Newcastle and they had um, Alan St. Maxim, who has... Oh, fucking has, nightmare. Exactly. He has similar pace to Trahore and look what happened there. So I think, you know, obviously it's a different flank, I think. But still, I do believe that pace is a, an issue for us still in our current team. And, you know, like when you look at that team there's no one that really stands out with pace. Obviously, Fredericks and a few of the younger lads um, and uh, Bowen maybe, but there's no one that you think, oh, wow, we've got a really pacey team and it's so important now. Um, so, mm. yeah, it is a massive concern. And then, obviously, we go to Tottenham and usually, I actually think out of all of those matches, out of those two matches, sorry, I would have been more hopeful from the Spurs game because I think you know we won there last year we tend to turn in a decent performance against them but again without the away fans there you know without mm. what is that game going to be like that's going to just feel a very strange fixture 
Yeah, it's going to be a strange fixture. And it's one that, again, is difficult to call. I mean, more often than not, I think they're quite close games. Um, but you know what? Whether you're talking about Wolves or you're talking about Tottenham, it all comes down, in my opinion, to how much do these players want it. Because from an attacking perspective, it's so important. I mean, defensively, it's important. It's important every game. But from an attacking perspective, we need to see Philippe Anderson at his best. He has had an absolutely shocking season so far, and yet he could be so pivotal to West Ham, and he hasn't been. And games like this now, when we're still not clear of relegation, we need him to go and see a fucking hypnotist, go and see a sports psychologist, do whatever you've got to do to stop your confidence holding you back, because that's what he's doing. That is what he's doing. He's not playing to his full potential, and we're missing out on a real key dangerous player there that we're paying a shitload of money to every week because of his psychological issues. It's so frustrating. But then, you you know, everyone in the team has to be accountable now. When you cross that white line, you have to give 110%. Not just because there's eight games left and you're you're in a relegation scrap. It's ridiculous that we're in this situation. But because you're professionals who should be proud to play for West Ham. And that, that is an attitude I would love to see, but don't see it enough. But we have to see it on Saturday, and we fucking definitely have to see it on Tuesday. And then we go from there. And then hopefully, you like to think after a couple of positive results, we can kick on. But I'll tell you what, if the results don't go our way, it could have the complete opposite effect moving forward. Yeah, I know. It's really important to start positively. It really is. Um, I think it's um, it's imperative that we have we have a good a good start because you know if we end up in that bottom uh relegation places and and we've lose the first two games automatically the players heads are going to be down you haven't got the fans that can try and lift them i think it's really important to get these results and you know the aston villa game today i kind of semi watched it i wasn't watching it fully because obviously we were getting ready for the podcast and stuff but the bits that i saw just didn't quite feel the same didn't seem to have the right energy i mean i don't know if that was because i wasn't enjoying the experience as, as much so maybe it was myself rather than them but it just didn't quite feel feel the same so yeah it, it's, it's really weird you know i've got the uh, man city and arsenal game on in the background as we speak and every time i look towards arsenal's goal they've got a big screen behind the goal with loads of people connected via Zoom it's so fucking weird well, that's what I was saying West Ham are thinking about doing yeah but you know what if we're talking about a screen that bit I don't know what benefit that's bringing I mean right. and, they, and these are behaving themselves and you hit the nail on the edge you know what West Ham fans like to take the piss left right and centre yeah. but even if they yeah, exactly yeah exactly <laughs> but do, do you know what even if they behave themselves like these Man City fans are doing I don't know what it's giving to the game and the players but do you know what I found really interesting watching that Aston Villa game earlier on a bit like you I had sort of one eye on it but I found, I found it laughable but it was actually at the same time quite impressive because the crowd noises right yeah. were playing over the tannoys and they might have been singing some Villa songs or whatever. I thought, that sounds quite good. Then in a split second, a Villa player might have a shot and it, it'll hit the side net in. But then they'll play in a heartbeat sound effects that go, ooh. Yeah, exactly. That's so, that's so <laughs> funny. That's exactly, exactly what I said to my mate that texted me about <laughs> earlier. I said, it's like de- delayed reaction. You can see that it's not close. And then the crowd suddenly go, ooh, like that. You know, like, you, know, you just want to stand up, you know, like when you're at a match and like when they, the opposition cheer, like like cheery goal that's hit the side netting and you all go, ah, what? Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. You almost 
just want to do that because you can see that it's not even close. And well, uh... you know what? It's, it's actually a really pressurising job to have those controls because can you imagine if before the game all the players got on one knee in relation to Black Lives Matter and you press the wrong button and it goes, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> like that. You know, that's someone's job gone there. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> it is. You have got to get that right as well. And like, you know, like if a player goes down injured, a really serious injury, and you put on like a really like a sarcastic, <laughs> 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 you know, it's just you, you do have to be really sensitive to what you're pressing. Yeah, you do. I look at 2020, I, it fucking blows my mind. I'm just waiting to wake up from this bad Yeah, day. I've yeah. got it. I mean, it is an absolute car crash. I mean, if 2020 was a football manager, it would be Avram Grant, wouldn't it? <laughs> it really, really would. I mean, it's, it's been absolutely shocking. You know, I remember back in the day, well, well, like February time, January time, when we first started to hatch the uh, West Ham Australia event, and we were yeah. talking about we were going to have. Brisbane with uh, Ian Bishop staying in the same hotel for like five nights watching West Ham in Australia. We're going to be going to Las Vegas and LA and doing an event. We're going to be going potentially to Ibiza, you know, living the dream for the summer. And now if we get to Chelmsford, I think we're going to be lucky. And it's just yeah. like, it's, yeah. it's just yeah. unbelievable. I mean, you can only really smirk. And then you think about the the, fina- the financial, sorry about that, I've been falling off my chair as well. That's, that's the end of 2020 for <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, if you think as well, like the, the the financial hit we've taken with the events and stuff, I mean, all you can do really is laugh because you just wouldn't have predicted it, would you? Really, it's just I know people. I know people are in a far worse situation than us, so we shouldn't moan yeah. too much. But yeah, in terms of you know, you always reflect upon upon your own situation, and it has been a. Yeah, a very, very bizarre year. I cannot wait till it's over. I mean, you know, it's, yeah, just well, it's been shit, it, it, really? it has. It's been a, It's been a really challenging time for everyone, and it has been mm-hmm. for us. We're no different whatsoever. Um, talking of challenging, in your section, you spoke about the um, centre-half situation that we've got. Yeah. What would you do on Saturday? Um, I actually think... See, I think I rate Balbuena more than maybe Moyes does. I think I would possibly go with the, him and uh, him and sorry, and um, play Rice in midfield. Um, but you know, Rice. I've when Rice first broke into the team, I was telling everyone he's a better centre back than he is defensive midfielder. Now I'm not sure whether I still stand by that because I've obviously not seen him play centre-back really for quite a long time. But certainly when he was coming through the academy, he was thought of as a better defender than central midfielder. Now, if that's the case, then he's... We could have a, a you know well class centre back on our hands there, so mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's, it's going to be a tricky one, really. I mean, it's not definitely that he's going to play there, but I'm pretty sure that he will, and it'll be interesting to see how he copes. I mean, I I've got all the faith that Declan will be. It doesn't matter if you put him in defence or midfield; he'll be one of the better players. But it's just mm-hmm. whether we need him in midfield or defence more. I mean, the thing is, obviously, in midfield you have got Suchek now. It technically could be Rice's role. I mean, you've got Noble, you've got Wilshire, you've got Funnels, you've got Snodgrass, technically. Obviously, you've got Lanzini can play in the centre. You know, even Co- Connor Coventry. I don't think he can technically play for West Ham at the moment, so it's still unclear about because he was at Lincoln until he went into lockdown. I mean, you've got Sanchez still technically knocking around. So <laughs> I think you've got more options in midfield than you have in defence. So maybe. Yeah, you, you have. And I think I look at Wolves especially, and I think you have to 
look at that with more of a tactical microscope than you would Tottenham, in my opinion, because of how Wolves play. Um, and I'm talking formation, really, because they tend to play five at the back, don't they? Or, or depends on what you look at it, three at the back and two wing-backs, which means that more often than not, their wing-backs are going to be pushed forward, which would leave three at the back. And I just think Sebastian Hilaire up front on his own against those three. I mean, we've seen him isolated at the best of times. Is this the game where you should play a 4-4-2? Well, I'm not even, yeah, I'm not even sure. It'd be interesting to see what happens with Allaire because Allaire obviously has scored in both of the pre-season games. Um, but, you know, there was, at one point, he wasn't actually starting, was he? You know, it was Antonio up front. Yeah. So whilst I would be surprised if Allaire doesn't play against Wolves, I wouldn't be completely shocked. Um, I think, I mean, I, I would be surprised, but there is a chance he might choose to go with five in midfield and Antonio as the forward running at them, but, you know. Well, do you know what? It's, it's, it's possible because, you know, one player you've got to look at again is Jared Bowen. Yeah. So if Hilaire does start, that must mean one of either Antonio or Bowen ain't going to start. Yeah. Yeah. Or for now, for now, maybe, you know. So yeah, it, it is. Yeah, that's the thing. So do, is is Hilaire effective enough, or is Antonio more effective? That's the question. I mean, I think majority of West Ham fans seem to rate Hilaire. Um, the jury is still out from my point of view, but whatever the case, he's still got, he's got to mass. This is his moment now. He, you could almost write off what's happened before. If he goes through whatever it is now, eight games, is it? Whatever we've got left now. And he scores like four or five goals, you know, mm. that'll make himself a popular West Ham player. So I really hope he applies himself and, and does produce what many think he's capable of. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think the more I think about this Wolves game, especially, I think I'm leaning to a four four two. You know, if that was me, I think with a centre back situation again, I agree with you. I think you've got to go with Balbuena and Diop. I don't understand why David Moyes has this impression of him. I don't know if he's seen something different on a training ground that we don't uh, get to see. But I don't know. I think potentially with a four four two, that would then allow you to play Declan Rice in the midfield with um, Mark Noble, and then you've got a hopefully performing Philip Anderson on the left, Jarabone on the right, with Antonio and Allaire up front. And I think that formation might be better suited to the formation that Wolves play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think and I think I would go back to the original formation against Tottenham. It'll be interesting to see what Moyes does there. But two tough games. Two tough yeah. games. Uh, what's your what's your predictions on both? Did you do the prediction league, by the way? Yes, I was coming to that actually. Uh, and, I was actually and, uh, hoping you'd forget and that's annoying. <laughs> well, well, yeah, do you know what? I mean, I started off predicting that Villa would win 2 1 against United. Um, right. I've lost points there all day long. I've gone for 2 0 Man City Arsenal when they're currently 2 0 up, but there is 35 minutes to play. Uh, and I'm currently sitting 43rd before these fixtures, and I, I think you're something like uh, 803rd. <laughs> Shut up, it's not even that many people in the game. <laughs> <laughs> but you know this is this is this is uh i don't know it's a tricky time for me because i started to really get momentum on these uh predictions and i went from sort of you know 150th to about 43rd and i thought i'd, I'd cracked it and i thought it was be- dead and buried between me and you but uh 
I don't know. This is still all to play for, and it's quite close, really, when you look at the points collectively. But as a reminder, whilst we're on the topic, you'd have seen on Twitter if you follow us that the West Hamway Premier League predictions competition is back. So um, please remember your login details, get that saved to your phone again, get your predictions in and try and clock up your points because obviously it's all to play for. If you do have any issues with your login details and do get in touch with one of us and revert back to the uh, initial email you would have received with your details and we'll sort it out for you. But continue to have fun with it and let's see uh, who gets bragging rights at the end of the season. I think we already know who's got in between me and you, X, but I'm talking about the, uh, the public, so to speak. Do you know what? Seriously, seriously, I would love it so much. I'd probably go back to my Kevin Keegan rant, but the amount that you've got on about this, I would love it. If you had a spectacular fall from grace, I really would. The annoying thing is, this is how, like, um, like what's the word? Good, my predictions. I can't actually remember what I predicted for either game. So I'm actually, I'm logging in. I'm logging in now to see what I predicted, um, just so I can tell you. So I predicted, oh, good. I predicted one all, Villa, Sheffield United. So I got 20, oh, 24 points for that. And I predicted 3-1, Man City, Arsenal. So uh, oh, at the yeah, moment, yeah, you're still on for that. I reckon. Still on for that. And then uh, for the West Ham games, I've gone... Two all V walls. It's a bit random. I don't remember being that random. Um, and then uh, the Tottenham one um hasn't come under these group of fixtures, so I haven't predicted that one yet. So um, if I was to predict that, I'm probably gonna go for another draw. I reckon one all maybe. Yeah, I can't really remember what I went for now. Oh, hang on a second, I'm just loading it up. Let's see if I can get mine up here. Uh, so with West Ham, I've gone for a two-one win against Wolves. Oh. And, uh, yeah, I'm not sure I predicted the Tottenham one yet. I don't think you can. But, no. yeah, so w- we'll see. We'll see. But, um, uh, uh, do you know what? I said, I said the other week to you on this podcast, I am genuinely a bit gutted that the season's back. Number one, the fans can't really enjoy it unless you, you love a bit of Sky Sports. You can't go to the game. You can't get in amongst it. We've still got enough worries on our plate with everyone financially and in, in terms of their health. So it's not a great time to be enjoying football. And, uh you know, that coupled with the fact that the season's just been dog shit from West Ham and it, and it isn't over. You know, we could still quite easily be in a, a serious, serious bit of trouble if results don't go away. There's only eight games left. Yeah, I know. I just, I must admit, I haven't missed the football and that sounds awful. I, what I've liked doing is I've loved doing the interviews that we've done with all the various ex-players. I think that's been amazing. Mm. I've loved I've loved that, you know, I've got back into football manager after about 10, 15 years. <laughs> so I've liked doing that as well. But the actual, you know, the, the I've missed going to the games, as in away games, home games, not so much, mm. but away games I have. And I think you and I, last time we spoke for today, were saying how much we are looking forward to doing aways again. But um, I, I um, in terms of home, I don't miss it that much. And one thing I don't miss, and it's quite sad, really, and it's going to give me something to reflect upon, I think, at the end of this of this season, is that I haven't missed having to be ITK, if that makes sense. Like, obviously, I've kept on track of things and have still broke many things like, um, you know, the friendlies and the fixtures and, you know, various other things. So I've still been on top of it, but I, I don't 
like I don't miss the kind of intensity of you know trying to get the team right, trying to get all the transfers right, trying to get the injuries right every week, you know, for one thing to be slightly not quite what it was, and then you get all the fraud. fraud. I just I was just getting to the point now. I think maybe I'm getting too old now, or uh, or this little break has made me realise that uh, there's more important things to be worrying about. So uh, yeah, maybe maybe as I'm coming up to middle age, uh, maybe. Maybe it's time to pack it all in, but we shall we shall see. We'll see what happens. But, uh, maybe one day X is not going to give it to you, is what you're yeah, saying, potentially. Yeah, well, that happens to all men, doesn't it, eventually? Mm. They, uh, <laughs> they, uh, they run out of the ability to give it to you, and uh, maybe, maybe that yeah, time's coming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. no different, you know. We'll we'll see. I mean, I've thought about this many a time before, and never have. So it might come to nothing. But it is it is just quite nice, just to not like because people don't really realise how much effort goes into it. Like I think I don't know what people think. No, I don't think people realise. I think they even think I get like a. Some people think I have like a direct line to Dave Sullivan, which I think is hilarious. Like you know, yeah. the minute there's a transfer, I actually need to get on the on this. Um, I don't have that, and I think other people think that. You know, I like uh, I know that if someone just sits there and tells you every week, right? This is your news for this week. This is your... It's not. It's all about networking and having conversations and piecing things together and you know swapping this with that and all this sort of stuff. And it does take <laughs> quite a lot of time to get accurate news, and also for no no reward really, other than you know the fact that I can sort of say that it was said first but that that novelty is kind of worn off a little bit now so yeah it's uh it's just uh yeah it was just uh we'll see we'll see we'll never say never it's not over to the fat lady sings so uh i'm waiting for um i don't need to be cruel to I'll, I'll leave naming a fat lady but uh i'll, I'll wait for i'll wait for her to sing and then uh then it might be but it's not for now but yeah i think that and yeah, just just the walk into the stadium. I haven't missed that either. <laughs> so, so, yeah. so, that, that becomes a struggle with age as well. Well, it? exactly, mate. I think maybe these things are always related, possibly. I don't know, but, but yeah. no, I know we've had many conversations off air about that situation on the ITK front, and, and I probably understand it better than anyone, to be honest with you. But in all seriousness, you know, you look at what we both do together now there's there's other focus points isn't there you know there's the podcast there's the event so it's it's not just the itk stuff that you're concentrating on these days so that makes uh, it potentially even easier for you to um you know start thinking about your future in that respect i know that would be a bit heartbreaking for uh, a lot of your followers but you know it's in the day it's a decision only you can make isn't it yeah exactly and like you say we've got, I, I think I prefer doing like the interviews of the ex-players and you know like because like I said I don't really get anything out of doing the ITK stuff um, yeah. apart from just like you know be able to p- tell people West Ham news but interviewing players that I've grown up idolising and so fascinated by and watching them is far more interesting and appealing to me than than that but who knows i've threatened this before and i haven't so we'll see but uh Mm. yeah i do and obviously at the moment getting news is even harder because a lot of the staff and the employees and etc etc are still not back to to um normal roles so uh yeah Mm. you know but you know like i say we'll we'll see what happens Mm. Right, that is the end of the show. We hope you enjoyed it. And we hope you enjoyed all of our interviews during the lockdown period. And on that note, a big thank you to Jack Collison, James Collins, Peter Butler, Brian Dean, Tim Breaker, Craig Forrest, Ian Dowie, Jimmy Quinn, 
John Hartson and, of course, tonight's guest, Julian Faubert. As always, thanks to you guys for listening, and let's hope we can restart the season with a win against Wolves on Saturday. Look after yourselves, be lucky, and until next week, come, come on, you guys. This podcast is proudly in association with Pitch Sport Football, the app that allows you to interact with other West Ham fans, pick your starting eleven, and participate in fan time videos. This app is absolutely free, so like I've done, like Hex has done, and like thousands of other West Ham fans have done, get this downloaded if you haven't already. That's Pitch Sport Football. Switching and saving with Geico is easy, so you're free to ponder life's big questions. Like, why do people say it goes without saying and then say it anyway? I mean, if it really goes without saying, you should instead not say it and just give a knowing look? Well, folks, it goes without saying. Uh, what does? The thing that I'm not going to say. Okay. Switch and save with Geico. It's easier than you think. It's Macy's Labor Day sale, so gear up as summer cools down with 30% off timeless looks from Levi's and specials like 30 to 50% off statement-making shoes for her and 60% off luggage from Samsonite and more. Or use your coupon or Macy's card and get an extra 20% off more great deals. Plus, Star Rewards members can earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Going on now. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.